0: Welcome to the Seven Resolutions Podcast, a podcast that debunks self help and turns to God for real transformation power. With Carl Clausen and Jeremy Slager, you're going to discover the seven key resolutions that make life transformation possible. Now, this is episode number three, and we are almost done laying the groundwork before we can really get into the seven resolutions. And today, what I want to talk about is how to. Chart a path through this noisy world with so many voices and ideas being thrown at us that we feel like we are in an information overload. Now, I want to go back a little bit, um, and I think you talk about it in the book, uh, The Enlightenment, and how that kind of shaped the course of discipleship in the church. Now, in the church, so often we emphasize thought. And we think that we can solve our problems by putting more information into people's hands. Yeah, no question. Really, every church I've been in or as a pastor that I was a part of, it seemed like the solution to every problem that we had was more Bible studies. So it's like we're having marriage troubles, we'll do a Bible study. If we're having poorly behaved kids, let's do a Bible study. And obviously, going through Bible school, being a pastor, working at the Moody Bible Institute, I am a big fan of the Bible and learning about it and studying it. It is rich. It is life giving. But if we just focus on our rational thought, we, that doesn't always bring transformation to the whole body and to life. We're comfortable with our brains being on a stick <laughs> right. and not thinking about the, bi- the whole body. So how do you think our emphasis on information in the 20th and the 21st century has shaped our discipleship?
1: I'll put it this way. Discipleship was intended to be transformational, Jeremy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we've made it informational. We've made discipleship into a class you take Mm
0: -hmm.
1: a course you follow um even with what i'm doing with the seven resolutions uh, i wouldn't even call this discipleship Mm. i would call this a modern day there was a book written a number of years ago by a guy named gordon mcdonald called ordering your private world i i think we've got so much information so much clutter in our lives right now My seven resolutions, it dawned on me after I wrote it, I Mm -hmm. thought, oh, this is is kind of a discipleship book. No, it's actually not. It's actually an ordering your private world so that you can actually become a disciple of Mm -hmm. Christ book.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It actually takes chaos and confusion and theological misnomers and besetting sin and clears the decks so that you can actually now follow Jesus. Because discipleship doesn't mean Information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it, as a matter of fact, I had a great I, a friend told me this one time. I was pastor of a, a church in Alaska that grew to thousands of people
0: mm-hmm.
1: by God's grace, and we were talking about discipleship, and he said, "You know what? We turned the church into. We've turned them into knowledge brokers. Yeah, they're going sitting down in groups and in circles, and they're brokering knowledge. What you? What do you know? What did you learn? What did you find out? What'd you, mm-hmm. What you? And it's you're we're learning all this stuff, but we're applying almost nothing. Mm. But by, by the way, you know what's there's one difference between the house on the rock and the house on the sand. Hmm. One difference in that parable that Jesus tells. they have got a storm coming, both of them. Yep. They've got um they the, the storm the storm's gonna rock them and And there's going to be certain outcomes that happens for everyone. Same storm, same challenges, same everything. Totally different outcome for two different houses. And the question is why? They both heard the same word. Mm -hmm. They had the same information. One person acted on it. One person didn't. That's Mm -hmm. our problem. We've got an informational overload nobody's applying dip diddly, Mm -hmm. but we're going on and learning more. I've thought about this as a pastor, Jeremy. Yeah, It drives me wiggy that we're doing this now a lot, which is we're preaching messages and people are getting up and walking out and we're not expecting that anyone's going to apply it. Mm -hmm. We're expecting that they're going to have learned something.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We've got to start applying the word of God.
0: Yeah. It reminds me, when I was a student at the Bible Institute, um, I was up at the top of the stairwell in Culbertson Hall um, reading my Bible and praying, and it was one of the most strange moments of my life. I'm reading the Bible, and I felt God saying to me, stop it, because I had been up in the top of that stairwell day after day after day hearing the same thing that God had been telling me to do, and I was not doing it. And I just felt God saying, he "Like you until you sing. start obeying, yeah. Yeah. don't think you're earning anything by reading the Bible again." And it was it. I laughed, but I was also crushed by yeah, it I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, because I've been right. up here
1: wasting so much time."
0: Yeah, God doesn't care about my obedience to just reading the Bible day after day. No, He, he wants, wants my action. life to change and yeah. for me to obey His word, not just read His word. Totally. And I think that is, I see that a lot of like, in my own life that we just expect to be filled up with knowledge. And if you actually do anything with it, that's for the super Christians to go ahead and do. Yep. Whereas that's God's call for all of us in a word that you use a lot in the book, discipleship. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We got to reclaim it, man, because um, discipleship has been, I mean ripped off. You know, discipleship means to put your feet down on the rug when you get up in the morning and you have a leader in your life and you're following him.
0: Mm.
1: Discipleship we have turned into, and I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. We've turned it into a course to attend, a class to go to, and it's not. It's a life to live. Matter of fact, uh, the word Christian is used in the New Testament ESV three times. Mm. Every time the word Christian is used, it indicates that they're about to get their head chopped off. Oh, gosh. The word believer is used eight times. We, wrote, we throw around the word Christian like crazy, we right? Do. We throw around the word believer like crazy. Mm-hmm. Eight times in the New Testament, Christians were addressed as believer. But 269 times the word disciple or follower is used in the New Testament. Mm. It indicates movement. We're going somewhere, and guess what? Where we're going has Jesus out in front.
0: And I find I, it interesting it. too that with your definition of discipleship, that it is seeing somebody out in front of you and following them. It's not just Jesus that's discipling us, there are other forces in our culture, in our world around us that are discipling us, oh, that are time. shaping us into their image and likeness. Oh, yeah. And I think of cable TV, I think even of other podcasts, maybe this podcast. Right. Churches are trying to disciple people, and it's a sanctified reason most of the time smartphones in themselves have a certain discipleship in them when you can carry them around in your pocket and be have your attention snagged in a moment absolutely what do you see are some of the the toxic forces of discipleship in our world today
1: (laughs) oh this is gonna hurt i got to begin with church. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think our greatest enemy is within.
0: Mm.
1: You know, Jesus, when he came, he came to save sinners and to to condemn hypocrisy. We flip that around. We think he came to condemn sinners.
0: Mm.
1: No. No, there's something that irritates God more than anything else, and those that have come to know him and yet live like they haven't at all.
0: The, and, the and, deepest wounds in my life have been at the hands of people who name the name of Christ.
1: Yeah. And I'm not, I am not a guy that poo poos church. Right. I don't even poo poo mega churches. I yeah. love big groups of people. Absolutely. That, it's not about size. You can have a church of 60 people that's so fleshly, it's not even funny. So mm-hmm. it's not about big or small. It's about really leadership and intention. Where are we going with this thing? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that church can be such a distraction is we've put forward. A model of church that isn't even really biblical. And that is we go to church. We're never called to go to church.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We're called to be the church. Mm. Going to church is you go to a rock concert. Yeah. But you be a church. Yeah. So that in that 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 whole descriptor, I mean, that's hard for people to get their mind around because I still say I'm going to church. Yep. And I probably will die saying it. Mm. But then I try to restate it going, wow, we gotta be the church. And so our the greatest information uh, affliction that we have is that we've given wrong information at the front doors of the church and we didn't square it away before people walked
0: out. Mm. That's hard. Yeah, and how do you how do you counsel somebody? Maybe if they're in a situation where they're struggling to to find a body of believers that can be that presence of God among them.
1: Yeah, you know, every church has the ability to be the kind of church you need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to go make it happen. So mm-hmm. I want to say that. If you're looking if you're shopping for something that's going to fit you, the chance is that you're not going to find that. But mm-hmm. there's a few components you can look for. You can look for people that when they when they're looking for the authoritative direction for their life, they open the word mm-hmm. and they preach from it. Mm-hmm. You can look for humility. There's a lot of those out there, a lot of them. And then you can look for some kind of an avenue where there the church gets broken into smaller parts. Home groups, fellow life groups, you know, they're all called different things. <laughs> they used yeah. to be called koinonia groups. I'm old enough uh-huh. to remember that. That's the Greek word for fellowship. Mm-hmm. But, but even then, those groups can sometimes, there's, there's a saying I like to share, that, and that is that You can have a fellowship in hall in your church and never have a lick of fellowship because fellowship's been reduced down to maybe a potluck or something like that. Mm. But here's the hope. If you go in with a mindset that says, I'm not going to settle for just information age, Mm -hmm. just a bunch of data. I'm going to go in to know and be known by some people. You might be a revolutionary inside a little group of people that mm. can spread throughout that church and throughout the world. So I say, don't be quick to just up and boogie out of a church. Mm-hmm. Be a solution, not mm-hmm. more of the problem.
0: I love that you you wrote in the book that discipleship was intended to be transformational, but we've made it informational. Yeah, and and so much of that there's there's a give and take component to it that a, we need to bring our best selves to be able to to be that community. Yes. To be vulnerable and con- connect with people. And that's such a that is such a radical thing where we have every opportunity to disconnect from people. Totally. And inter- interact through a digital world. And that face-to-face meeting is dead. that's where change happens. Mm-hmm. That's where change happens. So speaking of where change happens, our transformation moment for this podcast Information overload is, in my opinion, one of the most dangerous positions for true discipleship. When you constantly have ideas pouring in, but you're not able to really put them into place. Yeah. What's a a transformation moment for you? Have you been able to pull back from all the information? Or do you have a system for sifting it to val- to see what's valuable for your life
1: a calendar that i'm is- not kidding you
0: yeah let me
1: tell you something it's the seventh resolution in this book
0: mm-hmm.
1: a calendar is critical to sifting through information and here's why unseized time will flow to your weaknesses mm. you will become an information data point junkie You will get more inputs coming into your life if you don't schedule time. Mm. And actually, the beautiful thing with scheduling time in a day, and I am more committed than ever. Some people go, oh, calendars, those are passe, or those don't leave room for the Holy Spirit. Because we've got information overload, so many options that we have right now, Mm -hmm. just on my phone sitting in front of me here, Mm -hmm. you better have a calendar because unseized time, will flow to your weaknesses Mm -hmm. every time. And the only way I can get the right information in and keep the bad information out and not get too much information in to wrestle with and chew on what I already know is if I have a calendar that I take control of my life with.
0: That's a big first step. Big. Big. Yeah. Big. I love that. And I think that for all of the listeners, getting that calendar sorted out is a huge step to then moving on to the seven resolutions of be intentional. Choose what you're going to spend time on because there's a lot of forces that are clamoring for your attention. We have, I've heard it called an attention economy, that so many of the biggest corporations in the world are selling your attention for profit. The whole world is trying to grab your attention and being able to set your calendar to say, here's what I'm going to focus on now got to freeze them out man that'll transform you
1: if you let every person into your life mm. you're gonna have a ro- room full of fools and two wise guys and how are you going to be able to fu- get the wise men yeah separated from the fools
0: i think you just described twitter
1: yeah <laughs> twitter what i like to say about twitter I, I go check it out on twitter but if you put a tweet in twitter it's like throwing a turd in a septic tank <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yep. Just a crass, just thought. a drop in the ocean, right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: all you did is just polluted a little bit more. Right. I tried to be a, a change guy on there. I've uh-huh. de- I've deleted more tweets than you can imagine because I <laughs> I, got, I wrote them, tweeted them out, and I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm a Christ follower. Let's get that one back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just a lurker. I just see what other people are doing. But I think there's a lot of us just doing yeah, that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it is interesting that it's that is where. For me, the idle time flows. Yep. It's two pointless things. It's rabbit holes that mean Mm. nothing,
1: dude. I can watch. I can watch. I have wasted. I don't know how many hours, Mm. probably 10 hours in my life watching ships run into docks on YouTube.
0: (laughs) That's very Alaska.
1: Well, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love it because I was was two years a commercial fisherman, so I love to watch guys that don't know what they're doing plowing Uh into docks. If people are getting injured, I don't like those videos. But But if they're running into docks Mm. and they're going to run into them anyway, I want to laugh along with them. Uh But you know what? You can spend a lot of time watching boats hit docks, (laughs) and you'll never get that time back.
0: (laughs) It's true. And so for our last segment of the podcast, we want to talk about a God's power habit. Uh, so in a world of information overload, you say that the most important thing we can do day by day is to renew our mind. Mm-hmm. How, what habit can you introduce into your life that's going to pay off over the long haul with renewing your mind day by day?
1: Scripture memory. Mm. Not a bunch. Mm-hmm. Not by legalism. Find those ones that absolutely trip your trigger and go, oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of, um, I think in a Paul's call to the church in Galatians, I think it's 516, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to talk about the best verse you can memorize about this whole issue of god's power versus self-help
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's it i mean you grab these little verses about understanding what's most important getting the truth grounded into our brain find verses that are like money for you mm-hmm. memorize them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if they don't have to be perfect you're not getting a, a an award at a awana or some kind of a program yeah. where you get you know trophies yeah you're what you're doing is you're growing up. So it may sound a lot of stuff sounds counterintuitive. A calendar, mm-hmm. scripture memory, you know what? Somebody really smart invented those things. Yeah, and yep. they were victorious people, mm-hmm. and we can learn a
0: lot. Yeah, and I think once you start putting truth into your mind, it like changes the wallpaper of your mind.
1: That's a metaphor I love to use because mm-hmm. my wife gave it to me. It mm-hmm. does; it changes the wallpaper of your mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you guys have been challenged and encouraged uh, with this episode as we talk about information overload. Next episode, we are finally getting into the seven resolutions, and we are going to talk about the first resolution, which is to join God. Hope you'll be with us when we do episode number four, Join God.